So just wrapped up a fantastic show with Mike Volk, Senior Manager at Optiv. Mike specializes in cybersecurity, uh, formerly with PSA Financial, one of our insurance agency clients, uh, now with a new cybersecurity company. As a tech and engineering geek myself, I really enjoyed the conversation with Mike and talking about the evolving cyber insurance ecosystem. Uh, anyway, enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Enlightened Agent, the podcast that brings you conversations with top insurance professionals and industry leaders. My name is Jason Keck, and I'm joined today by Mike Volk, Senior Manager of Cyber Insurance at Optiv. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, look, I know you recently left your previous company, an insurance agency, uh, no surprise there, to to join a new company, the company Octave. We've chatted a little bit about uh, both the old company and the new one, but I don't think our audience knows as much about that as we do. So, you know, would you mind telling telling every, everybody a little bit about who you are and maybe a little bit about the journey that you've been through to get here? Sure. Yeah. So I would imagine it's, I got here in a similar way to many other folks that are in the insurance industry. I, I was, wasn't planning on, on making a career in insurance, but, but found my way here through my experience in cyber, cybersecurity, actually had a background in cyber education, workforce development training. One of the things that I started to become aware of in that role was the emergence of cyber insurance. We were working a lot with businesses that were trying to manage risk. And over time, we started to hear more about this you know, cyber insurance thing and we started getting questions about it. Um, and then I got an opportunity to join my previous employer, an agency that was, you know, particularly focused on property and casualty insurance. And, and they recognized that there was a new risk that seemed to apply to all of their clients. I, I think when I started, and again, I didn't have an insurance background when I, when I joined PSA, my, my former employer, they made the connection to like EPL employment practices liability, where like there's this emergence of this, this threat or risk that really impacts all businesses. And it's really hard to like wrap your arms around it. And they knew like it was, it was pretty, you know, forward thinking at the time to, they, they knew that they had really, really good insurance people, but they didn't have somebody on staff that understood the, the cybersecurity landscape. So I was really just brought on as a resource for the team to work alongside producers or account managers as cyber insurance started to come up or cybersecurity questions started to come up or questions had, or clients had questions about risk management. I was there to be that resource. And I quickly it's funny, I quickly fell in love with, with the insurance side of it. I mean, I started doing like policy analysis and digging into the language and having conversations with the other folks at, at PSA about coverage. And I found pretty quickly that, you know, I guess I became an insurance nerd, which is another thing that I hear a lot about It's the personality type, or I don't know, I don't know how you, how you become that, but it's, it's something I think, I think, that I think it's people, people who, um, there's so much nuance in insurance and for a lot of people it's very new right and so people who like to learn and people who like to grow it's like you get into this and you're like whoa like i thought yeah. insurance was just something you pay for and it covers you but like the nuance is extraordinary so that, um, i think you hit it on the head i think that's it and so it was the aspect of like this is a, a policy and a contract that applies to so many aspects of a business. So not only do you understand, you get to really dig into the coverage and how carriers are trying to solve this, this problem, but also you get to really understand a business through this mm -hmm. and apply cyber risk management, which is something that was brand new. So 
quickly, I, you know, I, t- I took to the role, ended up building out what, what started as a cyber insurance practice at, uh, to help, you know, really work along again, work alongside the entire team to not only help our clients better understand the policies, which I came up with a way to, to do policy analysis and comparisons. And as, hmm. as most brokers here would, would understand comparing one policy to the next, is just, it's hard. So that was like the first, the first hurdle. The next was, uh, coordinating application questions. We came up with a way to coordinate that, but mm-hmm. I spent a lot of my time drawing from my background in, in education and, and, um, and training it, it was starting out. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even that long ago, you know, 2016 or so. The, my primary, yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Probably the beginning of beginning of cyber. Uh, it feels like about the time cyber insurance started becoming relevant, right? Yeah. Yeah. So people were asking about it, but it was like, ah, am I really exposed? Is this a risk? Is this $3,000 <laughs> policy worth the, worth, worth the additional expense? Because nobody wants to buy more insurance. So it was a lot of trying to help them understand like, yeah, this is really important. In my, in my mind, I'm looking at the coverage. I'm like, man, this covers everything. And I'm looking at the potential threat landscape. I'm like, why is this? What's the disconnect here? So I just spent a ton of time trying to connect those dots. Also working alongside other, you know, the, the rest of the team that was, re- I mean, really good insurance people trying to help yeah. them better understand the coverage and why it's important. And then ended up getting into tech, you know, and technology insurance built out a, a specific technology practice. And all along that time, one of the things that I, you know, there's a few things that I knew were challenges. So number one, right away, I'm like, this is, you know, asking just a handful of questions to underwrite this super complex, <laughs> challenging risk with this just looming threat hanging over us. This is not sustainable. And I don't, you know, and I think the insurance industry, and I don't subscribe to this, gets a lot of, takes a lot of heat for, for writing policies without having solid, really just, you know, as solid underwriting as they do potentially today. But had it not, you know, businesses didn't want to buy it. If you didn't make it easy, they never would have, they would never would have made the move. If they didn't make the move, think about, I mean, and maybe we can talk about this, but think about how many, claims have been covered for businesses that have it that potentially could have been knocked out of business if they didn't have the policy. Now it's maturing. Now we're at a point where, okay, yeah, we need to change the way that that underwriting is done. And we see that we need to increase premiums. We see that now the burden is shifting to insurance. And this is the other issue that I ran into. The appetite for doing proactive things for a business is low. They don't need to buy more things that they don't have a, you know, there's lots of things that a business needs to buy to be in business, to do what they do. Cybersecurity is not always on the top of that list. So it was like a big part of my role is how do we change that to make it? Yeah, this is important. Here's how you have to do it. And here's how you can do it in an incremental way because you're going to have to do it eventually. And then the other piece of it was just the the broker in the middle of this, this uh, storm. How does that roll? Yeah. The, um, I remember early on in the question was like, you know, do you store any information digitally? Yes. Then you have an exposure, right? Like that was like this, you know, and then, okay, well, then you dig into the details of what are you storing and how sensitive it is and is it, is it really at risk or not? And most people just didn't realize that it was a, it was, it was an exposure, right? It was like, right. well, you know, and what's the real risk? And I think you did, I think you discovered all that stuff, you know, firsthand in a very detailed way in your role. Yeah. And, and that's what led me to coming up. So what I did, in the broker role was not only the insurance side, was also develop partnerships to come up with solutions that our clients could actually use. I mean, cybersecurity is hard, right? I mean, there's no way to make it easier, but what you can do is build things that make it easier for, to meet people where they are. 
So that's what I tried to do in my role at PSA, where I would build partnerships to to bring in third parties that could help with, you know, the legal side of things or the forensic side of things, help explain it, bring in technology to make it easier to implement things like, you know, the basic level of like firewall protection, things like that, or, or quantifying risk. There's lots of ways to, to quantify risk these days so they can better understand what it means. And that's what led me to Optiv. I mean, that's what led me to make this move, because as these all of this the, the things that I saw through my journey this far, everything started to come together. And the, the biggest need is still like, how do you connect the dots between the cyber insurance process and the, the security side of it? Right. And that's what I'm working on now. It's, it's, it's a lot of the, the things that I really enjoyed is the broker role, but helping, you know, trying to find solutions from a technology and cybersecurity standpoint at each level. So at the carrier, at the broker, at the, at the insured. And again, the goal is to meet people where they are at each of those, those levels, which I don't think is quite, I mean, it's, it's way better than it was, but I think. Well, it seems to be, we see it happening in some of the larger agencies, right? The companies that work with larger clients and Mm -hmm. people are very conscientious about this, right? Smaller agencies who are dealing with a lot of small businesses, the exposure is not as big. They don't feel like they're as exposed. I'm not sure that's a hundred percent true, but at least that's their, that's their perspective. (laughs) We're not, we're not seeing that level of kind of knowledge capital in the agencies that, that we are in the larger ones. So, right. One of the my favorite topics on the show is is talking about change, um, and I feel like you know insurance things don't change fast. But in the last five years, I think cyber insurance has has blown up in in a in a bunch of different ways, and you really saw that firsthand at PSA. Uh, I'm curious about you know how you've seen how you think about the role of the broker, how it has changed or needs to change uh, now that cybersecurity and cyber insurance is such a big part of the conversation. Yeah. I, I think the the thing that's changing the most is pr- in this equation is probably the broker role and maybe the way that cyber insurance with the way that people buy cyber insurance. And a lot of the things that we're talking about here and the things that I think probably a lot of brokers out there are starting to see is that cyber cyber insurance is becoming is starting to look more like a cyber security solution than it is a traditional insurance policy. Yeah. It's a combination right. of Right, right. Because right. okay. it's going to, it's going to, you know, you got the traditional liability coverages there to protect against, you know, lawsuits and, and legal liability. You've got your reimbursement coverage for, for the, the things that could go wrong. So similar to other policies, but the biggest benefit that you really see firsthand of cyber insurance is when there is a claim or an incident, and it's not necessarily the, the claim or the money that's being reimbursed. It's the resources that a business gets to do everything from incident response to legal mm-hmm. advice, to recovery, to communications. And what that's done is it's pushed these, these pieces together. So the broker needs to not only understand the insurance language for, for any other policy, you need to know what, you, what, you know, you need to know the language and how it protects the business to explain it, but you also yeah. need to make, know the mechanics of cyber risk management, especially when it comes to things like claims. And now as we've seen the more businesses than ever are buying cyber insurance, but that's also happening at the same time, we've seen higher claims than ever before. Right. So now what's happening is that the carriers have changed. And again, the, the cyber insurance industry is maturing. Carriers are changing the way that they do underwriting. They're adding new technology to look at risks. And they're also asking for more details on the applications. They're asking for more requirements that are non-negotiable. So now right. broker, they also need to understand these very technical things that are being asked of them from a carrier. Translate that to a client that may not be extremely technical or used to cyber cybersecurity themselves. 
And they need to figure out how to make sure that those questions are answered correctly so that there, if there is a claim, that it's covered. And if it's not That's covered, right. they need to be able to explain why, why it was answered in a certain way when there's really no validation for this. Like, so when, you know, there's, there's external scanning, which is very good and that's better than it was to, to look at a network from the outside. But then the other piece to collect underwriting information is a, it's an application that's completed by a business person and the broker assists with that. There's no validation inside the network. Uh, there's, there's really no way to do that yet. So you have to rely on those responses. And if a broker is not able to give the advice to help a, a client answer those questions correctly, they're put in a very, honestly, a very stressful position with all the pressure that's being put on them with, with the potential for claims. It's scary to think that a, that a broker who, is, who may not be very technical themselves is actually advising a client who's not very technical themselves on how to A, provide informa- technical information and B, you know, trying to explain you know, very technical nuances to a, to a policy. That is, it sounds like a dangerous, a dangerous landscape, actually. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's also difficult because there's no overarching guidance of like what a business actually needs to do to protect themselves. So you look at other types of coverage, you look at things like workers' comp or safety, like you've got, you have OSHA, like there's guidelines and there's enforcement across the board. If you're a business, you have to do this. It's not all on a business to kind of figure it out the best that they can. There's at least some type of guidance. And yep. the insurance industry over time has developed a lot of really great resources. You know, think of, of the loss control that the most brokers have or carriers have to do safety audits or, or, or the resources that they have. That doesn't necessarily exist across the board. I mean, like you said, some of the larger agencies are, are absolutely bringing these, these resources in or even acquiring firms that do this kind of work. But across the board, the, the majority of businesses, the majority of agencies, they just don't have the capabilities to do this right now. And it's happened... It, look from 2016 to today, it's not a very long time. And it's, it's, that's like an overnight change. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you about, I think one of the reasons this has happened is because really high profile breaches over the last Mm -hmm. few years. Right. And so curious, you know, what you've seen is the impact of some of those breaches on, you know, either clients or insurance or both. Yes. There's been major incidents recently that have sent shockwaves through, through the insurance industry. So a lot of those deal with ransomware as well as the aggregated risk with with either managed services or cloud services. So I'll just give you a couple of examples. So I'm sure most folks that are listening probably have heard of the SolarWinds breach was so SolarWinds is a, a cybersecurity network security technology that many businesses use and it's typically managed by a third party. What this particular breach did is that someone was able to, to actually get uh, access to the backend system, put in a vulnerability that actually got pushed out to all clients through an update. So it's the technology that underwriters and carriers want to see businesses using that was pushed out through an update, which is required to be compliant. You have to update right. and patch your systems. That's how this was pulled in. And it's used by a lot of businesses, a lot of government agencies. So this was, you know, this is always something that, that the cybersecurity, cyber insurance was aware of how that could happen. This was just a demonstration of how it could actually, how it happened in real life. Right. So, yeah. That one was particularly gnarly, right? Because it's, you're they're literally attacking the software that's supposed to protect the companies and they did it 
in a way that I, you know, super clever, right? No idea how that they, they got to where they did, but they they basically managed to get into the code, right, of solar yeah. winds somehow, and got this vulnerability placed, and that you know anybody who used this solar winds technology uh, effectively was exposed. Um, right. Were they able to find out like what the breach? I mean, I realize I'm sure that's not public knowledge, but you know, were there any known breaches using that vulnerability that the people were aware of that, that came out? Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of breaches caused by that. I don't have all the statistics, but yeah, it did result in, in compromise. And, and what carriers, and this is how it changed again, it, this is how the ripple effects change the industry. So now carriers see they are insured. So they're insuring a business and they're underrating against this business. And the business uses a technology to protect themselves. They don't have a carrier doesn't have the ability to underwrite solar winds. And even if they did, this wouldn't have been identified because it was, it was unknown zero day type of attack that was perpetrated by somebody with inside access to do this. So now the carriers look at this and they say, okay, now we've got, this is a known vulnerability. We're going to have to exclude this. So then they, they, some carriers have looked for ways to exclude these known vulnerabilities, known issues. And then the other piece of this is when you fill out a a cyber insurance application, you also have to attest that you're not aware of any known vulnerabilities that could lead to a breach or a claim. So if you are a, a business and you knowingly have have solar winds and it's an old version and you sign that and you have a breach because of it, you could potentially be un- uncovered. So I guess backing up, I guess what this shows, it's it's kind of a, a case that proves that there's this consolidated third party exposure out there that you can't underwrite for. So solar winds is just one example, but think about all the cloud services that businesses are using. And rightly so. I mean, if you're a business, why would you host your own email. Why would you have a server room? It makes no sense. But as this is happening, the risk is being consolidated. And those, the the organizations that are running these services, it's a existential threat if that's breached. So there's, there are teams of people protecting this stuff that no business is going to be able to dedicate the resources to. However, look at a solar winds issue. They were doing everything potentially right. And it still happened. So now you've got this potential to create this type of attack that affects many businesses on the same day. And then the other wow. side of yeah, the other side of this is is ransomware. The drastic increase in ransomware, you know, when I started in cyber insurance, ransomware coverage was built in and it was kind of like right. a marketing coverage. Like, you know, right. people have heard ransomware, we'll put it in there. At that time, really the, the ransom demands were in like the thousands of dollars. So you're going to you're talking about like under your deductible. So it was a nice to have Today, I mean, last time I looked, I think the average demand is like $200,000 or more. And so this is somebody who hacks into your system and basically says, you got to pay me to get out kind of thing. Is that, is that, is, the, is that the yeah. risk? So hacks into your system, the way it started is they would randomly encrypt things. And the way that ransomware has evolved is, is the attackers actually have, they are using vulnerabilities to get into systems, to get right. access, and then look for things to encrypt, steal the data, exfiltrate the data, get out of the system, launch ransomware. That's when the business knows about it. So not only does the the attacker potentially own the entire network, they have all their data. So they, 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 the demand is pay us, or we're going to, we're not going to unencrypt your systems, which you need to operate, pay us, or we're going to release all of the data that we stole on the dark web. So either way, like you're saying, okay, I can restore from a backup. 
they still have all your data. So then a business right. needs to think about like, what do I do with this? So it's a, a business decision to pay or not to pay. And every situation is different, but these demands are being paid. And the insurance industry now is trying to say, okay, we were giving this away for nothing before because it wasn't as big as an issue. Now it's the biggest threat and these payouts are happening and they're trying to limit the exposure with things like co-insurance where a business has to pay part of the, the, the ransom claim themselves in addition to a deductible to try to, to recoup some of those costs, sublimiting coverages, and then adding a, a lot of new controls to protect against ransomware. So a business has to have certain things in place in order to, to get coverage in the first place, like multi-factor authentication, uh, backups, encryption, all that kind of endpoint protections are more important than ever too. It feels like there are so many different ways you can get exposed, right? I mean, we've we just talked about a few here. You're a cybersecurity specialist. Like I'm a reasonably technical person. I can, I can understand. And I, you know, when I hear something, I, I can process it. How do businesses and insurance agencies learn about these things and understand them? Like what are there resources for them? Like, are they going out and uh, seeking them out? Like what, how do people find out about this? Yeah. So I guess from the, the broker standpoint, I guess the best way that brokers right now are getting a lot of the education and training is through their carrier partners because okay. carriers have a vested interest in making sure that their broker partners understand what they're being asked of, understand the coverage, understand the policies and the requirements and the application process. Okay. However, you also have to remember that a lot of the folks in, in typically, you know, the, the average agency is dealing with all lines of coverage, so property, workers' comp, general liability, cyber insurance, how can they be an expert on that? Even if they try their best, that's just way too much to ask of any one person. So, and that's kind of where my role developed. This is probably the way that many agencies are gonna go, either either work to find a specialist to, to assume that role where they can assist the entire team that comes with the education and, and potentially some of the background, or working with wholesale partners that, that have the special specialization to be able to do it. But there's not a really good way to get across the board, like the deep insurance knowledge, because you have to be an expert on the, the insurance coverage as well as the cybersecurity piece of it. Yeah, and then and you, even, even just knowing the exposures, right? Like I feel like as, as a, yeah. if I were a carrier, I'd be out marketing the hell out of these exposures that, you know, I'd be telling everybody, you know, well, here are a bunch of things that could happen to you, mm -hmm. right? And the reality is most, the larger the company, the more buttoned up they are, but certainly the small to mids out there, right? They're, they're probably trying to be scrappy and efficient and find ways to cut corners and they don't realize they're that exposed. And those guys are probably the most exposed, right? Because yeah. they, they, they may have real, they may have real exposures and then they have real, there may be real damages if they are exposed. And so I think it's clever that, that, you know, PSA had you to do what you were doing. And that's probably why they recommended that you come on the show. Cause I think they thought you're a pretty clever guy in that space. Um, and if I were, if I were a carrier, I would be, I would be out, you know, just, uh, <laughs> screaming quite loudly about the things that people need to be thinking about here, because it's, you know, we were talking about this earlier. We did, we did some tabletop exercises recently. And when you, when you start to think about, Oh my God, what if that happened? It's, it's pretty scary stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, as you know, the show is called uh, The Enlightened Agent because we like to share stories about amazing agents who do amazing things. Enlightenment is defined as the state of having knowledge and understand knowledge or understanding. And as I was mentioning, one of your former colleagues recommended you be on the show because he thought you were fairly enlightened as it comes to uh, cyber and cybersecurity. I'm curious if you have any stories that you can share with us 
from your your time in the insurance space about you know how you're able to help a company or get protected or you know help them avoid something catastrophic yeah so there's there's quite a few examples and um I'm going to do my best to give you some examples without providing too much of the specifics because because it's some of these are very like they were very uh you know going through them you're very aware of all the details and they're all different every breach or claim is different no, no um, names required i promise yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i guess I the ones examples yeah the yeah. ones that's that usually stick out are the ones where a couple examples where uh, I guess there's one example, a professional services type company met with somebody, went through a process to help get some protections in place. Because that's one of the things that I did at, P- at PSA was work on on protections in addition to insurance to try to, to be more of a holistic uh, solution. Worked with with companies like that to put some of these things in place. Companies that never had cyber insurance before didn't know a lot about cyber risk management. And, and I can think of a few examples where we work with companies that meet that profile. Smaller businesses don't have a lot of, you know, don't have their in, own internal cybersecurity IT team, have some outsourced resources. And we were able to work with businesses in that kind of bucket to get them protected. And the ones in that space that really come to mind are the ones that, that valued not only the insurance coverage, but the, the knowledge about protecting the business. So you asked about how do businesses get this education and train? That's one of the things that we provided. I mean, they came to us as a resource for education and the training and the cyber risk management planning and the tabletop type things. And I think it's a, it was a, that was incredibly rewarding and it had nothing to do with like an insurance policy or, or the insurance side, but it was, it was so exciting to see businesses make meaningful steps voluntarily to improve their cybersecurity because they were interested in making a change and they understood that, it, that there were, these things are important. I also have a few examples of those exact type of companies where we did those things, put things in place. And within, you know, six months, they, they actually had a claim, used the policy. And I mean, if they hadn't put, put the policies and protections and some of these things in place, you know, who knows what it would do to a smaller business? I mean, who has, you know, even if it's like a two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar claim, how many smaller businesses are going to have that in reserves just ready to pay out of pocket? And and not only that, what we did, what I did in that broker role was coordinate the incident response type work. Like I, you know, I was typically in the best circumstance, you probably want to bring in your lawyer first. Right. But they didn't, a lot of businesses don't have their plan built out. They don't know who to contact. They would contact me and I would be the one coordinating those resources to help some. And it was always the worst time, like Friday nights, Saturday nights, we, you know, helping businesses through that and being just a sounding board to, to, as they're going through this horrible experience and seeing them come out the other side, that was the most rewarding. It's funny. Some of the, um, I always envision on, on, on the show, we'd have stories about agents who help people get coverage. A lot of the enlightened stories I hear about are agents actually helping, not, not about helping clients get coverage, but helping them deal with claims and, and when things come up. So the service component of the role, uh, the responsibility, even though it's not necessarily your, you know, that, that's not what you get paid for, right? It's mm-hmm. it's actually a super critical part of guiding your client through the journey and dealing with the issue and the claim. And um, It is. And I remember the, I mean, the most again, most probably the most rewarding and also the most time consuming is the claims. Like when you're dealing with a claim and, and you're, and it's frustrating and it's, it's nerve wracking. But when the, when a client like thanks you for, for doing that and you're like, well, this is why you, 
did this in the first place. This is the whole reason. And it's sometimes overlooked because it's, it's not at the front of people. That's what you want to avoid, but that's why you're there. And it's just really good to validate all that hard work and all the things you put into it as an agent, it pays off and it makes a big difference to businesses. No question. Right. I mean, look, if we had a $200,000, you know, claim and, and weren't able to, to, either A, we had to pay for it ourselves or, you know, B, we weren't in a position to kind of figure out how to get it covered. Like we'd, we'd be in trouble, right? Like that, yeah. Would it, and with, with cyber, right. With cyber breaches, like if you're stumbling around on your own, thinking of, well, think of all the laws and regulations you're going to run across. I mean, it's like, you can't do this on your own. So. No, you can't, you need help. And I think it's awesome that you were there to, to help people. And it sounds like you're there to help people now and uh, appreciate the work you do because I think you're helping, uh, you're really helping businesses uh, stay safe and, Look, there's enough good that these businesses are trying to do out there. They don't need to spend a lot of time, you know, frankly, dealing with the bad and dealing with the, the problem space. So, um, so kudos to you for the things you did both at PSA and now at Optive and hopefully protecting a lot of, a lot of great businesses out there. So, well, Mike, look, it's been great having you on the show. Really appreciate you making the time, you know, excited to excited for you and your new role. Speaking of which, uh, anything you'd like to share with the audience or how can people get in touch with you if they need to, if they need to find you? Sure. Yeah. So best way is email. So if you have any questions, any, any, any follow-up questions, anything, anybody who picked my brain about the, you know, what I saw is in the broker role or what I'm doing now, best is, uh, email is mike.volk at optive.com. Okay. Mike, V-O-L-K. At V-O-L. Yeah. Yep. V-O-L-K. And Optiv is O-P-T-I-V, right? Yep. Awesome. Good. Well, hey, again, thanks for being on the show. Look forward to hearing about how the, the journey continues in the cybersecurity space. Hopefully you're protecting lots of businesses and we're not hearing about uh, breaches and claims in the future. But, you know, this is, this is a very young space and I'm sure it's going to evolve. So thanks again and I uh, look forward to seeing you sometime soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's, it's great.